Anne, are you recording? I am now. Okay, so mine will be the only one off, and Jeremy will think I'm a dick. <clears throat> uh, and he'll be right. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to do five seconds or so. That's for you, Jeremy. Damn, what is this, drum line? <laughs> now shut up. I've been drinking, I'm sorry. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are the twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turn podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. On Mondays, we give you a recap of the previous week's TVTL, but on Fridays, we do some different things. Often, we interview a listener about their feelings and involvement in the show and play their favorite clip. Once a month, we bring on Phyllis Fletcher to bring us moments in time from that month in TVTL history. But tonight, we embark on a new monthly feature wherein we choose a theme, choose a number of clips on that theme, and have a little fun with it. Because this show lands in your inbox on the Friday before Monday, April 18th, Tax Day 2016, we decided to dedicate tonight's show to taxes. It would be too taxing to do this all by myself, so joining me from New Brighton, Minnesota, is our oft-friended co-host, Anne Lindholm. Hello, Anne. Hey, Mike. And up in New England, specifically Providence, Rhode Island, is my other co-host, Bobby Pape. Hello, Bobby. Well, Pawtucket, Rhode Island, but close enough for the government. Hello. <laughs> I've I've made that mistake before, haven't I? Yeah, once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby's the one drunk tonight, yet I made the first mistake. Um, I was going to dispense with our usual uh, personal updates and all of our show business and housekeeping and get right to it. Uh, and I was going to throw to Bobby and Ann for the clips, but we got a last minute uh, submission. Or uh, Bobby, did you reach out to Kevin Farewell, our, our house accountant, for some <clears throat> yes. advice if uh, if you happen to be in a bad position today? and. <laughs> Yes, I did. So our show is coming out on, on Friday the 15th, uh, what is traditionally tax day, but thanks to a holiday in the District of Columbia, uh, federal tax day has been bumped to Monday the 18th. Some of you may not have done your taxes yet for this season. And uh, Kevin Farewell, a friend of the show and resident tax expert accountant, uh, I reached out to him for some advice for those of you who may not have done your taxes yet. Uh, Mike, you also offered some advice in our chat, a quick little recording, um, which we would share, except that the entirety of it needs to be censored. Uh, so it would just be a bleep. <laughs> it's two words, and <laughs> one of them needs to be censored. The other one right. probably for volume. <laughs> um, here's what uh, Kevin Farewell had to say when we asked him uh, what you should do if you have not filed your taxes yet. Um he writes, no time to be funny and record, uh, but he wrote out his message. If you don't have to file because you didn't make enough money to owe anything, you probably still stood. You probably still should because you will get back any withholding. And more importantly, you will likely qualify for the earned income tax credit, especially if you have kids. If you have stock options that you exercised in a same day transaction, the brokerage statement you receive will likely be misleading as the income will show on your W-2, but the basis shown on your brokerage statement will be zero. Don't go to H&R Block. If your taxes are involved, go to an accountant. And then he asked us to plug his business for next year, which we will do. Remind me in 11 months. 
or nine months. If they are simple, do them yourself. If they are a little more than simple or you are overwhelmed, try the United Way. We'll do them for free if your annual gross income is less than $62,000 a year. So there is simple, medium, and heavy concepts. Do what you wish with them. Also, uh, you know, clear- my advice is that uh, in Washington State, at least, I think liquor stores are open until 9. <laughs> uh, yeah, so for the love of God, do your taxes or at least file for an extension. Uh, don't don't be like Andrew, and we'll get to that later. Uh, but that's our update from Kevin Farewell. If you have any problems this year, you're fucked. But if you have problems <laughs> next year... In December or January, reach out to Kevin and see if he can give you a hand. Uh, And with that, guys, for our clip show for this month, we've taken a look back at some of the times when taxes have come up on TBTL. We've picked three short clips for you that we want to play back now from history and then one longer one that we're going to play at the very end of the show. Uh, But first, we're going to start back in 2010. This is actually from Tax Day, April 15th, 2010, episode 538. And it's a short clip uh, where we learn about the dreamland of Awesomestan, or Awesomestan. <laughs> Let's take a listen. Hey, did you like do your taxes and everything? We didn't even talk about this. It's tax day. Oh, that's right. Yes, I did. I'm all done. I, I sent my check out today. I'm paid. Nice. Did my part. Nice. Good work. Um, I'm resisting so hard the impulse to talk about the Tea Party movement today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just want to say, this is all I'm going to say about it. I'm going to repeat something that Dave Ross said on the Dave Ross show on Cairo the other day. He said, look, I don't like paying taxes either. I pay a lot of taxes. And I will second that emotion. I pay, I have in my life paid a lot of taxes, particularly when a couple of times I've, I've happened into jobs that paid pretty well. I've paid an insane amount of taxes in given years. Not so much this year, thankfully. That's the beauty part of not having a job. <laughs> but I have paid... I've written ridiculously large checks for taxes at times in my life. And I will say for everyone out there who wants us to live in a libertarian country who wants like no government, show me a place where that's working. I mean, just show me a place where that's working. That would be my only argument on on behalf of the admittedly flawed system that we currently have is that it's still better than most other places. And if you if there was a place where people were paying no taxes and it was awesome, I think we would know about it. And I think we would all be moving there. (laughs) Because <laughs> I am not intellectually opposed to the idea of, of less tax and smaller government. But I'm just saying, if you believe in the free market, the free market theory says that if that was a viable theory, there would be a country called Awesomestan, and they would have really low taxation, <laughs> and it would be really free, and all the businesses would be flourishing, and we'd all be like, we got to move there right now. But there is no Awesomestan. There is only places like this and places like Canada and places like the U.K. that are not perfect but basically function. And therefore, once again, I mailed off a hefty check this year to pay my taxes. Yep. That's all. That's all. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, T-buggers who might be listeners to our show. I love you and I love your enthusiasm. But I just I don't think Awesome Stan exists and I don't think we can make this place into Awesome Stan. I happen to agree with Luke. About this subject, you know, he may not be paying all his taxes. Uh, he will pay taxes that he knows about, though, or that he's forced to confront <laughs> <laughs> willingly. You know, he's not a tax protester, just a, I don't want to say dodger. I mean, I don't want to push it, you know, to that side of the line, but he clearly doesn't care if he owes some taxes if he's not found out about it. 
So right. I, I'm with him on this. I mean, let's let's pay our taxes and have a decent society. Let's not, you know, bury school buses in our in on our property and and hoard guns. Let's not do that. <laughs> I think there's there's a couple of other important things to note here. We want to thank our archivists who made it easy for us to find our clips for these clip shows and this archivist, the person who handled this episode and took, <laughs> took such good notes was actually our friend and co-host, Anne Lundholm. Thank you, Anne. Oh, you're welcome. I actually had forgotten all about this episode, so it was a, a really fun discovery. You Clearly the... you understand why it was so memorable that we had to share it. You <laughs> forgot all about it. <laughs> Your descriptions were the best I've seen, but those uh, four or five that we looked at tonight are the only ones I've ever actually seen from the Archive Project. But I think among that look, group, yes, if you look at more, you'll notice that um, I tend to be verbose. So Christie's instructions are to write four to six sentences. Eh, I'm going to say that I come in at about 25 sentences. So well, I don't know if I'm doing it right, but hey, no, we got the data. That that makes me feel better, though, because I archived my first show last week and her instructions just made me feel like, oh, boy, I can't. I can't really say much here, you know. I have to, I have to like be so succinct, and I'll stretch out a little more. Thanks to you. Yeah. We're gonna fast forward now a couple of years. We're gonna go to April of 2012, episode 1062, and listen back to our co-hosts, uh, including uh, an anecdote from Sean Detori. Let's listen now. All right, time for uh, time for a new segment that we're rolling out. We're calling it News You Can't Use. Uh, and today, the news you can't use is, uh, well, it's, it's tax advice. Of course, that's because the taxes, you're supposed to send in your tax return yesterday. But the Jimmy Kimmel Show had the brilliant idea to ask uh, Gary Busey himself. He of the, I think Gary Busey owes about a half million in taxes right now. <laughs> and uh, he's declared bankruptcy. And, and uh, when, they went th- when we went through the list of his assets as he listed them, I believe you were on the show when we did this. Johnny. I was, yeah. It was really depressing because it was like, you know. He had like a bunch of VHS yeah. tapes and like two bikes or something. Yeah, like a, you know, like a samurai sword or a kimono. Mm-hmm. It was more or less the possessions of a 17-year-old mm-hmm. kid when they were cleaning out their room and moving to college. Right. But it was the possessions of Gary Busey. Anyway, here's a little tax advice from Gary Busey by way of the Jimmy Kimmel you Show. Know, a great way to screw with the IRS, don't have any income at all. Let's see them try to collect tax on that. I had a feeling that a lot of you and uh, a lot of people at home would be up late tonight working on their tax returns. So we hired an expert to help out. We wanted someone who has learned about paying taxes the hard way, and luckily we were able to find that. Here now to answer your questions and to share his knowledge and wisdom with you, the one and only Gary Busey. Form 1099. Y'all know what that is. When you get your 1099 form, put 1099, then put a dash and a one. So it says 1099-1. You take that tax form to Walmart, and when you present that to them, they will give you a free terry cloth bathrobe. <laughs> and in other words, you're not paying them, but they're paying you, so you don't have to pay taxes. <laughs> if I file electronically, what do I do with my W-2 forms? I would say... Find a small animal and use them as suppositories. <laughs> Is child support deductible? Yes! No, it's not. Learned that the hard way myself. <laughs> if I convert a traditional individual retirement account to a Roth this year, R-O-T-H, 
Can I split the taxable income between two years? This is the most stupid question I've ever had in my career. <laughs> Taxes. So there you go. It's a little news you can't use. Some advice from Gary Busey. I love it. Uh, ha- what you, did you do your taxes this year? I did. Yeah, I did them uh, probably just about a week and a half ago. People would be surprised to find. I think would be surprised to find out about you, Shawnee, that you are a very, you're a very meticulous person. You're, we've said this on the show before. You're very prompt. Mm-hmm. You do things like pay your taxes. You seem. I think when people hear you talking, you seem like a little bit of a wild man sometimes. Right. And they would think that that would extend into every aspect of your life but as it turns out there are a lot of ways in which you're very very cautious and very conscientious about things especially when i cross the street i always look both ways twice yeah that's right um the problem is by the time you've looked both ways twice there's now something coming from the other direction and just blindsides you but um what do you do do you use TurboTax? do you just fill out the easy form what do you do uh, i do it online i do it electronically it's TurboTax, so it's free mm-hmm. um which i don't understand how they get away with that i mean i feel what do you mean how I they feel get away like with a it? king every year because i don't have to pay to do my taxes and i get this year i'm gonna say it yeah i'm gonna say it hold on let me this is a big deal do you have a sound effect i'm gonna get some right now because i need on. a sound effect before i tell you this yeah got it this year yeah, I brought in $1,315. That's what you're getting back in your return? Boom, already got it. How's that? I feel like a freaking king. And they already gave you the 1300 I got it back uh, just on Friday. That's sweet, dude. Uh, I got my tax return back on the same day I got paid from Cairo, so, so I'm you a were baller, big, shot caller. Big paper daddy. That's great, man. Um, so um, I'm trying to um, – I, I, did you do your taxes? No, I filed for an extension. <laughs> <laughs> well, how long is the extension? Six months? I, no, I'm going to do them on Monday. I'm taking – I take them to this lady, and uh, I just forgot this year that it was happening. Yeah. And then I, I emailed her the day that I was supposed to be filing my taxes, and I said, can you please file an extension for me? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, if you think you owe money – and you file for an extension, then you get penalized later. And I was like, yeah, I probably don't owe anything. She was okay. And then I thought later, I probably do owe something. So do you normally get money back or do you normally owe? I never get money back, unfortunately. Oh, oh, man, that sucks. I've never – knock on wood, I've never had to pay. Well, I mean, you know, I think, yeah, it's like – because I have so many side gigs that mm-hmm. I do, you know, little jobs. And so I have to really, like, be careful – uh, the, to pay tax on those and like to set money aside and TBTL and there's all this stuff that. So do you do that? Like if you because like I do trivia every Sunday at Snooze Junction right. eight thirty p.m. Yeah. Uh, in Ballard yeah uh, five dollar buy in I sure. do that every Sunday if right. I didn't mention yeah but I don't keep track of that money. Do you keep track of the extra money like that that you make? Not if it was like cash like that where mm-hmm. you know people came in or if I was playing poker with my friends and I won some money from right. them I wouldn't I wouldn't keep track of that but right. like. Anything – the basic problem is – did I tell you this crazy thing that happened after the um, – remember that show we did in L.A. at the Troubadour? Yes. Well, um, fine. I'll, I'll let people in on our world. Uh, the, the, the total amount of money that we, we got from the ticket sales mm-hmm. on that uh, after it was all said and done, after the Troubadour took their, their uh, you know, fee and whatnot mm-hmm. was we made $870. I want money. Why? I be rich. 
But anyway, what happened was, uh, so the the troubadour sends in this thing a um, a, uh, a W nine, mm-hmm. which is just saying, "Hey, we paid Luke Burbank eight hundred and seventy dollars for this," mm-hmm. and um, which, by the way, did not even begin to defray the costs of our airfare, of our hotels, of everything else. I mean, that was such a small <laughs> drop in the bucket. So uh, you got uh, you got my money. So anyway, they send in this thing to the IRS uh-huh. says eight hundred seventy dollars. The IRS types it in as $87,000. Really? Yeah. And so I get a letter from the IRS recently saying, you owe us $30,000 for all this unclaimed income. Now, like, were you freaking out? I was shitting my pants. But did you realize that it was a mistake made by the uh, IRS, or did you think for a moment yeah. you, that you actually owed $30,000? I assumed that I owed $30,000. <laughs> it was a really, really anxious day or two. So I called the troubadour up, and I was like – because I looked, and they, 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 they cited that as the thing, and I was like, I know <laughs> – and and I talked like, to my. I'm pretty sure I did not. Yeah, make I would remember that. I would remember that happening. <laughs> and I called the. Um, first, I called the accountant lady, and I was like, "Hey, this thing happened." And she goes, "So you're sure they didn't pay you eighty seven thousand dollars?" I was like, "I would really, really remember. that would stick yeah. out in my Am mind." Am I wearing a new gold leaf? Exactly. Do I have brand new Chucks? Is my name Snoop Dogg? No. I like that. That's what you would do if you had eighty seven thousand dollars. <laughs> you mean like a marijuana leaf? You get a gold marijuana leaf. You put on some Chucks. That's what he sings in yeah. Lottie Dottie. Well, I um, yeah, I, I just thought it was hilarious that she was thinking maybe there was a chance I'd forgotten about it. Right. I was like, uh, no, that didn't happen. And I called the I called the troubadour, and they they were really cool about it. Actually, they were like, no, they pulled the paperwork and they said we wrote eight seventy, and it was the IRS, and it mm-hmm. got fixed. Thank God. Yeah. But anyway, I, yeah, I don't usually. It's I don't it's my 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 shit be too complicated at this point. Mm-hmm. So I just try to have somebody else help me not end up in um the cell next to Wesley Snipes. It's funny because, like, I'm on the tip where I look forward to tax day because right. I don't ever have to pay anything. Right. And, and this is actually – this year is the, the most money I've gotten back. That's great. Yeah. There, you know, isn't, not to be there, a braggart. But, there, is, um, there is an argument that, um, that the, the key – this is people who are real conservative. Uh, and I kind of used to be in this camp that the key is you don't want to uh, – you don't want to get a return because what's happening is that you, the government basically – you said you're getting 1300 bucks back? $1,315. So it's like the government was holding on to your $1,315 all year, mm-hmm. and now they're giving it back to you, but they were holding it, and they were making interest off of it, and you weren't. Right. Or as you call it, PBR trist, which is to say you would have bought PBRs probably with it. <laughs> right. But um, but but that's one argument. I don't know. I'm I'm my My hope every year is just that I don't end up – Getting a massive, massive tax bill. Well, my point when I was saying that I look forward to taxes, uh, tax season every year because I make money, uh, I was going to also say it's like on the other f- side of that coin, there are tons of people that dread it. Like it's an interesting sort of right. juxtap- juxtaposition or dichotomy right. or whatever, whatever word you want to use to describe it. Um, just how people look or don't look forward to this day. I don't know. It, maybe it's not really anything to. No, no. It's well. Here's the weird about, part. But. It depends on kind of where you, where you are on the spectrum. It's like if you're most of the people that are that are working and and in the making maybe a little less money than some other people. Those are the people who tend to get more money back. And usually the people that are making a little bit more money on the spectrum, they're the ones that end up owing. Mm-hmm. And it's because I guess of the tax bracket that those people are in and right. and whatnot. So I mean I don't know. I'm. 
So pretty much aim low with your career, and you'll yes. always get tax money back. And you will, yeah, exactly. You'll be rolling in the thir- the 1300s and before $15. You're... That's right. Don't sleep on that $15. 13, 15, Luke. Don't That's forget that, it. That 15 is really what, you know. Am I going to have to be the one to nope, say I that? I got it. I, no, no, no. No. What I'm, I don't get Gary Busey. Oh. Yeah, I don't either. I don't get the fascination, and TBTL was obsessed for years, and I just don't. Uh, I feel like it's forced. I I don't know. I mean, it he's mentally ill, so now let's write some scripts for a mentally ill guy. That's uh, uh, that's not comedy to me. I don't know. Does it play in Peoria? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like the story was just so played out to, I mean, to drag him on to Jimmy Kimmel and ask him to be bizarre on command. Um, but this clip actually, I mean, there's so much here. Mm-hmm. These guys really get into so much more than Busey. Uh, Sean is just so happy of himself. <laughs> Not $1,300, $1,315. It's like the marathon joke. It's that 15 that gets you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Luke files for an extension, uh, and this Troubadour story is actually really funny. It's a little sad to think that TBTL netted a whopping $870 from their live show at LA. Yeah, the ticket sales, I guess, that that's the that's what it that's was. It. I love the question, though. The lady <laughs> said, are you sure <laughs> we didn't write you a check for $87,000? Are you sure? But – even as ridiculous as as that tax document was, um, I think we've all received some document in the mail at some point that for one moment, even though it was crazy, made you think something horrible was happening and everything drops a couple floors in your intestines. Yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, the junk mail that we get has gotten more and more aggressive right and once in a while i'll get one of those letters like are you being sued by the irs it usually comes before and after flyers for acorn stair lifts mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> sure uh one other note i have from this clip i had the song i want to be rich by callaway stuck in my head for right. a good hour this morning <laughs> Working back on the clips. Uh, this episode was archived by Patricia Lopez. Pilo. Uh, that's right. Ten Wagoneer super fan, Patricia Lopez. Official and, uh, sharpshooter of LRB. And you helped uh, curate this by pulling this clip. Did we miss anything you wanted to throw in? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's pretty short and sweet. Um, our third and final short clip goes one year ahead. It's actually uh, early May 2013, episode 1333. And this is actually a classic Luke Burbank TBTL moment, not for taxes. Taxes are kind of only a passing mention in this clip, but the clip is just so good. Mm -hmm. uh, We couldn't resist. Um, There's another thing too. Uh, If you hear a certain amount of tension in my voice, it is because I am just a wee bit nervous uh, about the um, whether or not we're going to get a pizza delivered tonight. That is because I called the local pizza delivery place that I love, Pagliacci's Pizza in Seattle. And um, sometimes you got to stop and smell the pizza. Um, the thing about our house, the thing about Burbank Studios, is that it lies 
about two blocks south of the southernmost border of where they deliver. Mm. Now, in Seattle, Pagliacci Pizza is one of my favorite pizza places, um, and, uh, and I've always wished that they delivered to this neighborhood. But they don't, except for a few weeks ago, I was driving in the neighborhood, and I saw a Pagliacci delivery person walking with the you know that sort of um, thermo regulated bag that you carry the pizzas in, and I was like, wait a minute, what is he doing down here? It was like somebody was it was like a Shia Muslim was in the Sunni Muslim mm-hmm. area of Baghdad. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is not you are not supposed to be here. What is going on? Let me track this back to the source. And so I called Pagliacci's and they said, oh yeah, we have a place now down in Madison Park, which is a few miles from here. Yeah. So I went to the Madison Park place and I said, here's, here was my mistake, Walshki. I lied to them. I lied to the source. Don't, don't lie to the pizza man. I know, but I wanted them to deliver it so badly. So what I said to them was, what I should have said, if I was being totally honest, was, hey, my house is about a block and a half, two blocks down from where you guys stopped delivering. Would it be okay if on occasion you guys went a little extra mile? And I understand why they typically can't do this because, of course, there's someone a block south of me. Right. And then if they're bringing it to my house, why wouldn't they bring it to somebody else? And you're a man who doesn't even like this slippery slope argument. Right. But in this case, I just under, I, under, I understand why they have to have rules. Absolutely. We live in a world with walls, Walshki. <laughs> Who's going to sit on them? You? Who's going to sit on that pizza? You. <laughs> me later. Because I get weird on <laughs> Thursday weird, night. And by the way, no thank you. I don't want any oh. after you sit on it. Okay. Well, that's part of my gift to you and your new dieting ways is I sit on all the pizzas. <laughs> so then you don't uh, want to eat them. So anyway, I, I said to the guy at the at the mothership, I'm about two houses south of the street that you guys stopped delivering at. Because I asked him, I said, how far south do you go? And he goes, he says, uh, you know, a certain street. Now, for some reason, I'm hedging my bet on telling people the rough address of where we live, which is funny because number one, you can find it on Google. Yeah, and, <laughs> and number two, I'm not Jen Andrews. Also, I've posted a uh, the actual um, Google Map mm-hmm. uh, address. I wish you wouldn't have done that onto my blog, my very very popular yes. blog. Yes. So, for anyway, the point was, I just said to the guy. I'm like two houses south of where you stopped, which wasn't true. Well, can I ask you a quick question Please. about this? You went in. You weren't even buying a pizza that night. You just went in to yeah. do some pizza recon. Is, is that, yeah, recon. Well, well, you know you call it boots on the ground? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So like, you're, you're it's like, all about hearts and minds when you're trying to get a pizza place to deliver south of the place when they've est- that they've established as the southernmost border. What you have to do, though, it starts with psyops. Okay, so you right. fly a plane over, you throw out leaflets. Uh-huh, that's smart. It, yeah. That's why you were outside of yeah. Pagliacci's with a boombox yeah. blasting heavy it, metal music. Um, well, I, had a, I, I tried a few approaches. I started with In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. <laughs> that sent the wrong message. That was a restraining order um, <laughs> that was called upon me. And so then later I did go with some Dio. Oh, a nice. A little bit nice. of Dio yeah, yeah. Uh, and some other things. Anyway, I, I went inside. You're right. This is so sad. I made a trip to a pizza place not to buy the pizza but to do a little bit of field work with the people there. I want you to know, sir, one of these days I'm going to be in my house. <laughs> I'm going to be drunk, yeah. and yeah. I'm going to need a pizza. Yeah. I would like to lay the groundwork for that transaction today. Let me tell you some things I haven't done. have not filed my 2012 taxes. <laughs> this is not a joke. I did get an extension. Okay. Let me. Let, what are some other things I haven't done? There are many, many things. have not been to the doctor 
in far too long. Have right? you recorded a promo for tomorrow's Luke Burbank show yet? I am on that shit. Okay. I have good. two. I have one that's airing today and then one that's airing tomorrow. Oh, look at you. They're the same promo, but they just have one says tomorrow on the Luke Burbank show and one says today. Oh, you bent on that. But it's – I did. Well, what am I going to (laughs) do? So there are so many things in my life that I have not gotten to. And you know me. Mm -hmm. Like you know how bad I am at follow through on many things. But weirdly, I don't – I don't need your scorn. No, no, I, I, I don't. Oh, really? Think that you were true. doing you were doing a look that I thought was you being kind of like, yeah, knock me over with a feather. No, no, that look was uh, that look was Burbank. You got a lot of faults. I don't think follow through is one of them. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. Especially the you got a lot of faults. Right. Like. Well, no, I'll take listen. I'll take something hurtful if it's wrapped in the phyllo dough of a compliment. No, yeah, no, I don't. I actually don't think that's a, an issue for you. But anyway, for, well, at least for I, professional things. But uh, <laughs> one of the things I don't know about your personal life, and so not going to the doctor and stuff like that, maybe. But I guess um, I just mean there's so many things I haven't gotten to. Mm-hmm. The fact that I got to go ask the pizza <laughs> people if they'll break their rules to deliver pizza. It's sad that that is a thing that I got to. It's called the hierarchy of needs. It is. Call me a modern day Maslow. <laughs> You didn't think I was going to know that, did I you? Couldn't, I couldn't think of the you name. You didn't think I took. No. You didn't think I took Psych 101 or Sociology or whatever no, no, no. dumb college down, class. That, that went was. down exactly how I knew it would. Uh-huh. I couldn't think of the guy's name, but I knew if I said hierarchy of needs, you would pick up where I left off. You know what's weird? On the radio station, we had an ad running for a while for all of the, I think, incredibly bad, reductive, hit him over the head type ads that we run on the radio station. We had one that was weirdly high concept which established uh maslow's hierarchy of need what the first like 20 really? seconds of the commercial absolutely were, were like there's a thing called maslow's hierarchy of need and like setting it all up i don't remember even what the thing was a commercial for so it should have just been saying dave smith Motors, <laughs> yeah, right. because that i do know right. the thing that used maslow's hierarchy of <laughs> yeah. need is I, it need? I, I always thought it was needs. So that's no. It's. I think it's. I think it's probably needs. I don't know. It was. You okay. know. Let's see. Maslow's. This is good. I'm glad I took it in this direction. Yeah. I'm glad. I, I'm glad I derailed this conversation so we can look up Maslow. Well, you didn't derail much. <laughs> that's. It is needs. Absolutely. It's okay. Plural. So, so you're in there and you're saying, listen, sir. Someday I'm going to be drunk at my house. Yeah. I'm I don't know need why you. I don't know why you assume I was drunk, or would be drunk. It wasn't that I was going to be drunk. It was just that I'm lazy. Again, I was putting a little bit. I was projecting decent, a little bit. Of decent possibility. Decent possibility yeah. of having had a few, but mostly just not wanting to leave the house and mm-hmm. wanting things to be. In fact, I've used. There's a service that they have in Seattle where they'll deliver food from any restaurant, even restaurants that don't deliver. Do you hear that? That sounds like Maslow's hierarchy of need of in action. Yes. Would you? Yeah, I already no. paid for it, but um, here, take my card in case they need you to okay, I'll sign for this. it. Yeah. I'd say uh, tip like one percent, okay. if it's good, if he seems nice. So anyway, I'll just continue this on while uh, Walshki is out there retrieving the pizza, which apparently they delivered. So this is why, this is why I was really freaked out and nervous. Hey, Andrew, hold on, I'm gonna ask him to ask something. All right. I don't know how much of that got picked up by the microphones, but we've got big news, you guys. The very kind delivery guy said that they're actually thinking about expanding their their territory. 
because the thing that I was so nervous about was that I had I had basically lied to the guy at the sort of home base. And then when I called today, I said to the guy, I'm like two houses down from the from the, the, the Berlin Wall. And that's what I think of it as, a, a, a Berlin Wall of pizza. So the thing I was saying to them out there, Walshki, was when I called them tonight, again, I had to perpetrate the lie. That's the problem with lies. They keep getting bigger. So I said to the guy, hey, I live like two houses down from where you guys stopped delivering. And I talked to them, and they said if I asked really nicely, they, you know, maybe. So my concern was that the delivery person was going to get two houses south of the line. And then they were going to – Their electric collars were just going to kick in. Well, no. They were just going to start getting more angry yeah, as they got right, further. Right. Like They were like – their their manager said, okay, look. We got a guy. He asked really nicely. He's two houses south of the, of McClellan Street. So could you just – and they're like, okay. It's busy, I'm sure. You, know, you it's said like, the name of the street now. I know. I just figured what the heck. <laughs> so he gets like two houses south of the street and then he's like looking for it. He's like, oh, this doesn't seem like it. Okay. Um – Keep driving. Wow, this is way more than two houses. This is now I'm an additional block south of where they said. And then he's just going to be like, who the fuck does yeah. this guy think he is? He's going to quickly be in, I'm spitting on this pizza mode. Right, or just you know having them reprimand me or not delivering. And then you get to the stairs situation. Oh, right. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like one thing after the other. Well, I don't know if the mics picked it up, but that guy was I, none too happy. Yeah, he was, he was on fire. No, he was quite the opposite. Yes. I just told this to them out there in, uh, in Imaginary Radio Land, but... He actually said they're thinking about expanding the delivery area. Yeah, and then when you were – I think you were out of earshot. He said, by the way, it's no big deal at all. You're just like just barely past the border. That's what he said. See? Really nice guy. Wish I had tipped him. All's well that ends well. Yeah. Uh, he's just a, a little bit out of the delivery zone for Pagliacci Pizza. Is this an example of the um, entitled ed- etiquette? <laughs> <laughs> well – Yes and no. I mean, he took action. He didn't just expect, you know, didn't expect this to 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 happen without a little effort. So I will give him a break on this one. Even though being in the delivery business for a very long time, um, everyone hates a Luke, the, the <laughs> person who's up oh, here. Here's the move. Okay, there's always people trying to get you to deliver out of zone. Okay, I see you, and he's putting a little extra work in there. That's good. But then you start to creep into territory of like, uh, say you want a side of ranch. You know, you want a big old six ounce styrofoam tub of ranch to dip your crusts in. Who doesn't? Uh, um, the, I'm not saying Luke is is this shady, but but this customer exists in abundance that will tell you they're paying with a credit card. You put in their credit card information, and right after you put in the expiration date they say oh could i get a cup of ranch oh yeah you're not getting their 75 cents <laughs> it's uh dollar 69 for the six ounce oh that's so. true because you guys serve it by the tub so that's yes they're big styrofoam yeah. tubs it is texas everything's bigger i get it so you know i i'm we're in my business we're not fans of, of luke no matter how charming he is and i would appreciate it if he came in and then maybe the owner or manager could put a note in, you know, under his phone number that said, deliver this dude. He's a good dude. But, um, you know, it, you're out of the area, dude. Call the other one or go pick it up. So You just reminded me. So when I was in high school and I worked at this coffee shop in Webster where I grew up, 
our our owner, the the wife of a husband and wife restaurant to our team, terrible, both of them owned the coffee shop and a couple doors down was the pizzeria. I've mentioned before we kept stuff in their freezer. They had this ancient computer system and they would punch in notes about pretty much everybody, and I'm Uh-oh. sure this is common. <laughs> but when they upgraded computers for the first couple of days, it was printing some of those private notes on receipts. And uh, a lot of uh, a lot of douchebag, <laughs> asshole type, <laughs> bad tipper kind of notes always went through. Oh, I mean, because that's the thing. Like, if Luke's willing to tip well, and the delivery cut, you know, yeah. the delivery drivers are regulars. I mean, the woman that was the the sort of their primary, their chief driver at that store, she'd been working there for like ten years. Mm-hmm. You tip her regularly once every week or two, and and uh, she'll pick up a six pack for you on her way. Well, also not only that, um, even if someone else is taking that delivery, she'll tell them to take care of Luke. You know, right. get there fast, take it first. If you got two or three, take it first. You know, that well, stuff we know, happens. We, we know that Luke is a good tipper from this clip because, as he directs Andrew, quote, "Tip like one percent if it's good." One <laughs> percent. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, so the whole the tax tie-in on this episode is that we address Luke's hierarchy of needs and the <laughs> figuring out the pizza delivery scheme right. is higher. Um, I, we rarely get pizza. I mean, we get delivery once in a while, but more often than not, I just go get it. And that's because I want a time when it's going to be done and when yeah. it's going to get back to our house. Right. You control it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. <clears throat> also... Um, they're bound to not put the right number of cups of garlic butter in the boxes because they always forget that the one that comes with the pizza doesn't count as one of the extras I've purchased. <laughs> now, Bobby, aren't you the one who – you're not the biggest fan of Papa John's pizza, but you're a fan of the garlic butter. So every once every three or six months, you'll order a pizza and like 20 tubs of garlic butter. Is, the, is this your order? Yes. Yes. Uh, so that I can have it for other pizzas. Yes, absolutely. That's amazing. Well, it's just you know, it's the it's an econ it's an uh, it's an economy thing. You just got to get it when the getting's good. I worked for them for eleven years and I never saw an order like that. <laughs> I, well, I, I I saw people that I think wanted to do that, but you're the guy who did it. Congratulations. Well. Thank you. You remember the time that I walked in just to buy garlic sauce, don't you? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. That's just, that's why I'm talking about it. Because there happens to be a great pizzeria kitty corner from a Papa John's. And so go get your pizza at Pawtucket House of Pizza and then go across the street and get your, that's, your half a dozen Providence, garlic cups. Providence House of Pizza. Yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, sort of. That's actually a different restaurant. We've got to be careful. House of Pizza is a very common thing around here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, before we move on, here's how this is actually going to work for this special episode. Uh, we've got one more clip for you guys, but it's actually an entire episode. We're going to move ahead one more year. We're going to look ahead to tax day, April 15th, 2014. This is an episode that was archived by Allison Thompson. It's episode number 1579, and you may remember it as the episode where Andrew does his taxes on the air as we're taping the show, rather as the guys are taping the show, or at least he is until he finally gives up. Um, this episode comes with mixed emotions from Little Red Bandwagon, and I think people are very split on this, whether it's a great example of TBTL at its 
sort of esoteric finest or whether it's um, grading to the point of frustrating that this was called an episode of the show. Uh, and so rather than break it down and talk about it, we've decided to just submit it for your opinion and thoughts and considerations. So we're going to put it after we finish the show. You can choose to listen uh, or not and let us know what you thought because it'd be interesting to hear from you. So after we finish this episode, you'll hear the entire episode 1579 of TBTL. Bobby, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> I actually, you know, we're going to talk about it and people know my feelings on the episode. I will say right now that if you have the fortitude to make it to the end of that show, we have an Easter egg where I'm going to tell a tax-related story that everyone will love. It's a big, it pays off with a big pun. So if you like puns, <laughs> stick around. All right, Sean Atari is now going to listen to the next hour of TVTL. Um, before we do that, we'll, uh, we'll officially get us out of here. Uh, Anne, do you think you're up to the Christie part? I think I am. Let's hear it. Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. File your taxes. Uh, and clearly we skipped all the other stuff, guys. Uh, you know how to find us. Say, that reminds me. How'd you get that kid so darn fast? Well, this whole thing is just who knows who. And then over here you have favoritism. And Ed has a friend at one of the agencies. Me and Dot went in to adopt on account of something went wrong with my semen. And they said we had to wait five years for a healthy white baby. I said, healthy white baby? Five years? Okay, what else you got? Said they got two Koreans and a Negro born with his heart on the outside. <laughs> it's a crazy world. I'm not trashy. Unless I drink too much. And it's pretty much right for everybody. Like, if you drink too much, you're going to be trashy. That's what drinking does to you. Aloha means hello and goodbye. Goodbye. You are a sad, strange little man. You know what? There is a level of malice to your whole behavior and questioning style that's like while it's kind of humorous is actually very cowardly that's one of those things that i cannot acknowledge in any way oh, are those tacos you better believe they're tacos i love tacos especially on a corn tortilla oh, i love tacos on a corn tortilla did we just become best friends we sure did i'm just sitting here behind this microphone with a pile of tacos Going over my taxes and, um, well, since we're all here, I guess recording a Tuesday afternoon edition of TBTL, the show that just might be too beautiful to live. Now, let's see how many pool balls we can each suck up. Ready? Ready. Let's go. Let's do this. It's episode 1,579 in a collector series. You sure this is a sci-fi convention? It's full of nerds. My name's, uh, did I already say that? Luke Burbank? I'm your host? Probably. I'm, uh... Really, really need to moderate my coffee intake. I, um, I, every day I, I add like one cup of coffee to what is my baseline of coffee consumption. Um, and so now I'm, I also ate, by the way, 
two bags of free popcorn from the hardware store. So it's a lot going on uh, on in my innards today, which is going to probably lead to um, some confusion during the show. I'm sorry. I'm tan. I like to be tan. It just feels good. My name is Luke Burbank, by the way. I'm your host. I'm not sure if I've uh, mentioned that. We have a great show for you. Hi, this is Luke's mom, Susie, coming tonight on TBTL. It is tax day, and uh, Donald Rumsfeld, for the, I don't know what it is, maybe 30th, uh, 30th annual tax day is not having that shit. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! We will um, kind of break down this letter that he's apparently been writing to the IRS every year, in which he cites the fact that both he and his wife are uh, college graduates. Um, and uh, also, I did get a chance yesterday to go do some uh, surveillance on the uh, the battle rap and hip-hop scene that was going on here in Fort Townsend, Washington, over at the American Legion Hall. And I was really surprised at the overlap of uh, people who enjoy uh, hip-hop music and uh, also seem to have an affinity for uh, OxyContin, uh, I think. I know what sex means and is. I know about the clubs and drugs. It was quite a scene over there. This guy's quite a scene. He's in uh, Los Angeles, California. His name is Andrew Walsh. People from Poland are Poles. They are not Polacks. And um, you are, are you, is this really, I mean, did this, does this really happen? I, I, I asked you this afternoon via email. I said, oh, like, how's it going with your taxes? And was that really the, fir- the first time when you sat down to, to sort of analyze the situation? Because I'm like, I am Mr. Last Minute. But even I would usually probably take a gander at this whole situation before, like, the afternoon of April the 15th. I'm in a bad place right now, Luke. <laughs> I want to, like, what I want to, what I don't want to do is come on this show and, um, you know, Luke, this business show, it's yes. about performance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It sounds what like you, you and I are just... for me lately? It sounds like you and I are just saying whatever's on the top of our head. Uh-huh. And uh, but it's not, you know. You, I, I try I honestly try to gear up. Sometimes I, I sit down, I do this show, and it's like it's late, and I'm in the middle of a bunch of things. But I say to myself, no, no, no put all that aside. This is the business of show. Mm-hmm. You are a performer now. Can you imagine how bad I would be if I didn't do that? Jeez. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I don't want to like kind of start the show but just in this like business totally. Of show, you have to have the heart of an angel and the hide of an elephant. The reason, hold and on. Of course, I, the problem with that is I have the the <laughs> heart of an elephant and right, the hide, hide of an, of an angel. angel. So yeah. it's very, very thin. Your hide it's is just good. almost translucent. But here, here, I don't mean to cut you off, but here's what I'm wondering. You are, in my experience, a very plan ahead. I think you are a plan ahead kind of guy when it comes to things that are important. And I am not a plan ahead kind of guy. Now, let me just mention that I can't take credit for... Uh, being up uh, really on top of it with my taxes, I can take credit for years ago having realized that I think it's probably worth it to just pay somebody a couple hundred bucks to tell you what you need to send them. This was, by the way, the work of an ex-wife of mine who one year was like, we need to get somebody to just like go through this because she'd been the one turbo taxing it for years. And I mm-hmm. thought, well, I'm, I'm no Warren Buffett. Um, oh, I did write the other day on Twitter that although I'm no Warren Buffett, I don't think I want to homeless guy in a soggy Statue of Liberty crown doing my taxes either, uh, which seems to be quite the going business uh, Mm -hmm. these days. They need to get some people who look like they've paid taxes 
in the last um, 15 to 20 years to hawk their tax preparation services. Anyway, and uh, I will say that, and I, I was really resistant because I was like, uh, this is going to be so expensive. And it was like night and day. Those people, those trained tax professionals really know their stuff. Those people. <laughs> those people. Why don't you just send, why don't you just like, because the other thing is you may have a, I'm not trying to do an H&R Block commercial here. And by the way, we that's not even the people that we use. But I'm really surprised, Andrew, that you don't just go like, yeah, okay, I'm going to spend 300 bucks. I'm going to send this stuff to a person who does this professionally. And then they're just going to send me a form and I sign it and then it's handled. That just I, I would have expected – I would expect you would do that. Yeah, it does seem more like me. I um... – by the way, if I seem a little distracted, I am literally filling out tax information while I do this. So when I tell you that I put it all aside and I do this show, 99% of the time, I swear to God that is true, but I am panicking right so now. So you're doing your taxes. I, uh, what, well, what no, part of the form are you on? This is what is so frustrating. Yes, okay, I know. You think that I'm the type of person who would do things in advance. I'm actually not, especially stuff that I really, really dread, um, and I dread doing taxes. Why do I not ship it off somewhere? Because I do... Because I'm not married, and I, so because of that, I don't have assets. I'm in a long-term relationship, so like we do own a house together and stuff like that. But we're not married, so we don't uh, file jointly as a couple. So a lot of like the, the complicated deductions and stuff like that, that is all on my partner's side of things. And that's great for me because I still basically get the benefits of that kind of stuff. But I can just fill out the most ridiculously simple tax stuff for me. I always do a form EZ. I use Tax Act. It's very, very simple. And I just don't get that involved in it. A few years back when I was doing um, freelance stuff, I got a little bit more involved because there was deductions and you know write-offs and stuff like that. But the point is, I don't send it off because I keep it simple. Sure. Um, and so anyway, so that answers those questions. Why am I freaking out right now? Like literally my hand sweating is because <laughs> I knew that I would be able to keep, keep it pretty simple. I realized the other day that there were some forms that I didn't have, like um, just some stuff like, you know, I've moved jobs, so I have two of the kind of major employer things going on. Right. I realized I didn't have some other paperwork, and I thought of that the other day, and I was like, oh, I got to look into that, and I never did. I'm like, it's okay, though. I'll just file an extension. I've got a lot going on right now. I will just file an extension, and I'll do that on Wednesday uh, or Tuesday or whatever the hell day it is. Sure. And um, Good planning. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. I'm just like, I'll just do it that night. Like, it'll be a quick extension thing. I'll file it. And then I'll get six more months, and then I'll do it right. And if the groundhog sees is, his shadow, you get six more months of tax extension, and that's what you didn't factor in. Well, here are two things that have been. I am in, I am in panic mode right now. I just can't think of another way to say that. Here's two. I got a double whammy of, of kind of stuff that I'm dealing with now. So at work today, I don't want to go into the detail of it. I was telling you about it before the show. I think it's it's a good thing, generally speaking. But it was something that was unplanned that has come up in my evening. A Genevieve's pregnancy? out of town tonight. Nope. Nope, but I am late. Um, Genevieve's <laughs> out of town tonight, and so I was kind of like, okay, I'll just come home and I'll file this tax stuff myself. I'll have all evening to do it. It'll be really simple, and then I'll, you know, I'll do it while I'm watching the ball game. Well, something came up at work, which is good, but it means that I, as soon as I'm done with TBTL, I got to race home, grab some recording equipment, and then rush out and go do some things that won't be over until about midnight tonight or 1130 or something. And then I'm going to rush home, get a few hours of sleep, and then wake up at 5 o'clock the next day again. So it's just kind of like, oh, my God, my entire, you know, the, the hour or two that I was going to have to just take kind of take care of just even 
filing an extension um, is gone. I have no time anymore. But I'm like, okay, then I will quickly just file a quick extension. Just I figured I would just be able to log on and say, I can't file my taxes right now. I have to do TBTL. And I hit <laughs> send. Is, and we, I figured that, that is weirdly <laughs> a button that the IRS now features. Yeah, I know, and it's for it's two people, and um, I thought that would be it. But now I'm at work. I'm like, okay, I got about a half hour before TBTL starts. I'll just file this extension quickly and then figure it out all six months. But no, the the second whammy here is filing an extension is basically is as complicated as filing my taxes because I'm usually doing it so. I'm doing the easy forms anyway. It's asking me, oh, well, before you can file an extension, you have to, you know, fill out the information from your W-2s and all this shit. And it's like, well, my W-2s are at home. That's why I'm filing an extension because okay, I can't do it right now. I'm going to – I'm going to – I have all of the answers to all of your problems, and they are alcohol. No. Here. Okay. First of all, I looked up an article. Not going to make the tax deadline? Here's what to do by Catherine Bushman Vassal. This is on Fox Business, so take it with – it weirdly talks about Obamacare a lot, which is not even germane to tax. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Here's, what they, here's okay. what they say in this article. And I got, I've, I've got I just one but two solutions for you. This is the first one. This is regarding the taxes. Okay. The worst thing you can do right now is panic, says Craig Smith, an enrolled agent in Newport, uh, Newport Beach, California. There are options you can take to avoid hefty fees and finding yourself in trouble with the IRS. If you are owed a refund, the IRS will not charge any penalties or interest. Um, if you um, if you are not going to make the deadline, take these steps. File even if you can't pay. Okay, now the more that I read this, I do think you might be a little bit screwed. The late filing penalty is 5% of the unpaid bill each month up to 25% of the total outstanding tax liability. File an extension. If you cannot submit your taxes or returns by midnight, you can request a six-month extension by filling out Form 4868. Is this the one you're on, application for automatic extension? That's what I'm doing, but 4868, you still need to have all of this information that I do not have right now. Um, That's the problem. They're like, oh, yeah, just file this extension form. And then you get to the extension form, and it's kind of like, how much money did you make? How much money did you pay in taxes? Um, How much do you think you owe in taxes? And then, like, you know, you do all that. It's like, well, if I knew that, dummy, I wouldn't be filing an extension. I would just be doing my taxes. Okay, so... I'm in a bad place. I need to, thing, I, I'm listening to myself, and I'm annoying myself. The tax thing is, okay, I'm not able to help you with that. You probably should just tonight at 11 go onto the website, which I'm sure will be crashed. It's built by the same people that built the Affordable Care Act website. And, Sebelius! And um, heads will roll. Um, and did. Uh, and But, but the, here's the other thing. You said you wanted to watch the game. Check it out. Who's went off? I'll just leave the game going yeah. during this entire show. In fact, this is more interesting <laughs> That is the show. best idea you've ever had. Keep it going. I am still filling out my tax form. work ahead in the county. He has to mix in his pitches. All of them, though. And I thought it was interesting. Oh, shit. Another fastball. That's a well, second home run in three batters for Texas. Back home runs by Fielder. And now Kuzminoff is... All right, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I don't bring a lot worse. of good news for you, Andrew. I thought I was going to be bringing a message of hope. But when I read the taxes uh, situation, not good. And as I bring up the Mariner play-by-play, which, by the way, I believe I just transmitted... The um, you know what is it? Oh, you're in trouble. I just now. trans. I just transmitted part of the game without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. <laughs> so we're all in a lot of trouble here. 
Including oh, the listeners on this one. Anyway, I'm sorry. By the way, I'm sorry. I listen to myself. I, I hear, I hear, I hear how kind of annoying and freaked out I am. And all I can tell you is, I promise this is not an act. I am really kind of freaking okay. out I, right now. Well, I don't. Um, I don't know if this will. This will probably not make you feel better. But I didn't pay my taxes for like three years once, and in my adult life, I'm not talking about when I was like you know 19. I'm talking like, in fact, I said that my ex-wife um, said we got to go like get see a person about this it was because i had not even five and i worked at kuow that's the messed up part like i had a real person job mm-hmm. and i just never filed my taxes because i just am bad at that kind of stuff and it was completely not fine. even extensions no I so just you're didn't... telling me just close this computer right now and just relax just burn it to the ground what i'm saying is it is not the end of the world you are not going to owe very much money if any and so it will be – the worst case scenario is you will have to file your taxes late. There will be some penalty, but it's not like thousands of dollars. It was, it's probably, if anything, hundreds of dollars, and it's not the end of the world. Lots and I'm not saying don't file your taxes, but what I'm saying is if you filed your taxes tomorrow, it, it's, there's not a $10,000 penalty for filing your taxes. Like, in fact, it's, it's minimal, if anything. What I know is that when we finally – and this was my situation at the time, but when I finally went to a guy, I owed at that time $7,000 in back taxes and mm. um, hadn't filed for like three years and based on TurboTax is what TurboTax said. And we go see this guy in Glendale, California, and he's like, you know, going through like, you know, receipts and stuff and asking me, oh, well, how much did you spend on this? And, and he goes, OK, well, um, and we're sitting there for like an hour and he goes, OK, so um, you're going to get about a thousand dollars back. And I was like, Jiggle what? Now, granted, I had like various deductions because I had done some freelance work, but it might also be. By the way, welcome to Tax Talk. I'm yeah. highly unqualified. My name is Luke Burbank. I'm highly unqualified to advise anybody on their taxes. But I was going to say, you might actually do better to itemize, and that's why you should just go call somebody tomorrow. Go see them. They will work it all out. It will cost you three hundred bucks, if that. They will probably tell you itemize because of your TBTL employment, so you can write off magazine subscriptions. You can write off a ton of stuff, and you can just write down, you know, a lot of any side money you make. You can probably write off most of it. It will be totally fine. It really will be okay. Like you, the the the. United States economy is not going to um, – and by the way, I've also seen a lot of stories this year. I don't believe them, but I've seen a lot of stories that this is the um, the least likely you will ever be to be audited because they have like laid off the, the uh, you know, the spending uh, freeze or whatever you want to call it has – has um, what was that thing? How quickly I forget. What was the big the, the fiscal cliff? And then what was the thing after the fiscal cliff? Oh yeah, um, sequestration. The sequestration, Se- sequestration I think has yeah. shaved off some IRS agents. So I'm being totally serious when I say, if you can't file the extension tonight, just file it tomorrow. And I I would imagine that it might cost you like an extra ten dollars. Like I'm not even joking. It might be like ten dollars, if that. It's really, really okay. And I'm not. I'm not. Well, I'm just not my way of trying to tell our listeners not to pay their taxes or not to file their stuff. You'd be surprised, by the way, at how many people in adult life, Walsh, aren't even filing their taxes. I bet you mm-hmm. our listeners. I bet you a weirdly high number of them. I say weirdly because it's not as scary. I'm not going to name any of these people, but I have. And it's not the mummy. The mummy doesn't even have fingerprints anymore. I mean, forget not filing taxes. The mummy, I mean, the mummy was somebody else's. The mummy was the identity 
of a baby that died in the 1940s. <laughs> <laughs> it was a baby named Mummy Mum and Shantz. It lived in Overland Park, Kansas, and Isaac adopted that that baby's social security number. Um, forget that guy. I have other friends who are, you know, Andrew. They are normal, law-abiding, have-real-job friends who we have in common who were not paying, who were not filing their taxes for like years at a time. So you being because one that day is late. what my because here's what my problem is. As you're talking, by the way, I'm continuing to file my taxes. Just so you know, I just I don't want to lie to you. I don't want to lie to the listeners. We've developed <laughs> a, a relationship of trust because you're you're making a compelling point. Like what I'm trying to do right now is race through this and um and get this extension done. But in order to do the extension, I know I've already said this but just in a more calm way it's asking me basically to input all of my information from my w-2s but basically that's the extent to which i have i have to file my taxes anyway like that's as simple as i basically keep it these days and the itemization thing i did that for a bunch of years and it was a little bit weird because i was freelance and i was kind of like I'm trying to think I was itemizing more things than I was making because I wasn't making much money. And it kind of got a little bit weird. And I didn't want to raise more red flags. So even if I may be leaving a little bit of money on the table, I'd rather just fill out the easy form. I use this thing called Tax Act. And I'm answering as we speak all these questions from Tax Act. But I do not know the difference between doing this for an extension and doing it just for my taxes. So right. maybe you're right. I should just Look, roll the dice and here, say I didn't file the extension. They're not going to arrest me tomorrow. The, am, and I will take care of this as soon as I have all the paperwork in front of me, maybe tomorrow night or the next day. I am now at IRS.gov. Mm-hmm. Here's what they say. If you do not pay your taxes or file a um, you know an extension, a failure to file penalty may apply if you did not file by the tax filing deadline. The penalty for filing late is normally 5% of the unpaid taxes for each month that the tax return is late. So the worst case scenario, let's say you owed $2,000. The worst case scenario would be, what is 5% of $2,000? $100. The worst case scenario. And that would only be per month. Per month. $100 per month if you owed 5% of the total that's owed. Right. And it's, if I do this by the weekend or by next Monday or They probably or prorate it. I mean, I, I, th- this is the thing. Again, I'm not, I don't want to encourage you or anybody else because I lived – the thing about this kind of stuff is I, it's the stress surrounding it when you're not doing it. This is what I finally told the friend I'm thinking of uh, who hadn't filed their taxes in years. I told them the stress comes from just not doing it because it's so much worse in your mind – when you haven't done it because you're just like, what? well, maybe, I mean, are they going to arrest me? Are they going to like, you know, t- put the boot on my car? What's going to happen? And usually the answer is it's not that big of a deal. Most of us that work normal jobs, unless you're doing some crazy ass taking five deductions, most of us that work normal jobs, our employers are withholding the most about the amount of money that we need to pay in taxes. And at the end of the thing, it's like, you know, at the worst, you just don't get any money back. But uh, so anyway, my, 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 my overall message is just file your taxes, and if you're nervous, just go to somebody and pay the money because it will be better. But my other message is don't freak out about it. It's really probably not the end of the world if you just file this later this week. Okay, well, the other thing that I'm freaking out about is I told you I have to go out and record something for work, but I also had a segment that I was going to write before I did it, but then I got obsessed with these taxes, and now I have a, a segment that I need to write yeah. um, with actually Dan Pashman. He's going to be on the show tomorrow. You know, he's That'll a friend write of the itself. Show. 
So what I was going to do is, do you mind if I write that while uh, you go ahead and just continue this podcast? Am I phoning it in too much? You know, give me a high sign when you feel like I'm phoning it in just a little too much. Your um, co-hosting on this show has been effect- as effective as Blake Bevan's <laughs> fastball at uh, the stadium in Arlington, then, Texas, where the Rangers have been just going yard ugh. left and right on us. Um, let, let's, uh, for a moment, turn our attention to Don Rumsfeld, who is, by the way, he's in exactly the same boat you're in. Well, a little different, Walshke, in that he <laughs> he's actually been filing his taxes. But this is the letter that Donald Rumsfeld uh, sent. And apparently this is um, a letter he sends... Um, every year, uh, like sort of an open letter to the IRS. And yes, we are reading this to the music uh, from the TV show Taxi, which is kind of a stretch. But I just thought, you know, people might need this in their life. I'm missing the connection. Um, is there a connection? Well, the word tax is involved in both... With both oh, issues. Oh, right, of course. He's I'm talking sorry. about taxes. But mostly Taxi, I just want right, to just get yeah, into the yeah, yeah. sweet, sweet kind of smooth jazz riffs of one of the 80s best situation comedies. Also, I feel like this is the music that's going on inside of Donald Rumsfeld's head a lot of the time, which is weird because he's been instrumental in two arguably illegal wars. By the way, we had uh, Errol Morris on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me last week. I say we. He was a, on press. He was on press play other, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, weeks ago. So then you, you're, you're well familiar. I, I say we, but I mean, it was like Peter Segel was interviewing him. I was just sitting there. But um, boy, is he ever no fan of Rumsfeld. And I mean, like he's he just made this movie about Rumsfeld, this documentary. And uh, it's pretty interesting because we kept or Peter Segel kept asking him, like, you know, so, you know, what is what like? Okay, you don't really love the guy, but, I mean, do you have some respect for him after talking to him? And he was just like, no, the guy is just, I mean, in his opinion, he's just vacant and uh, more or less an idiot. Uh, was the th- yeah he um, he was very he very straightforward with uh, how he um, was disappointed like basically the the documentary the unknown known he kind of um, he kind of kind of gives him a chance to kind of I don't know weigh in on the record you know and basically Rumsfeld just sits there and just contradicts he well, just constantly contradicts things in the past he just kind of keeps on saying things that he wants to be true and he'll just. He just kind of lives in this fantasy world where he pretends like the history actually happened the way it is in his head, and he seems totally kind of unrepentant and Well, that's the thing, I think. I mean, there was a thing Morris said that uh, there was a a point where he asked him about something having to do with Vietnam. Because people might not know, Don Rumsfeld was the youngest uh, Secretary of Defense and the oldest Secretary of Defense in the United States history, which is crazy. At the same time. That's the thing that's amazing. He's a changeling. Um, (laughs) I don't think that's even what changelings do. I don't care. I'm taking it. (laughs) uh, No, but he he asked him about something having to do with Vietnam, which Don Rumsfeld was also fairly instrumental in. And um, and, I'm talking about, you know, just sort of some people who had died or some just really spectacular, spectacularly bad incident. And, And Don Rumsfeld's answer apparently was like, yeah, that'll happen, you know? Yeah, I think he said some things don't work out. Yeah, some things don't Isn't work that out. What he said? I th- I Something think that like that. It, yeah. And it's like, um, I guess that's one way to put it. That seems a little... Uh-huh. So here's Don Rumsfeld, Mr. Things Don't Always Work Out. Here's what he says. Dear sir or madame, 
I have sent in our federal income tax and gift tax returns for 2013. As in prior years, it is important for you to know that I have absolutely no idea whether our tax returns and our tax payments are accurate. I say that despite the fact that I am a college graduate and try hard to make sure our tax returns are accurate. The tax code is so complex and the forms are so complicated that I know I cannot have any confidence that I know what is being requested and therefore I cannot and do not know. And I suspect a great many Americans cannot know whether or not their tax returns are accurate. He is really... It's weird that, that that when it comes to um, you know wars wherein thousands of people have died, he says, "Well, there's known knowns and 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 unknown unknowns." But he really wants to get he really wants to get to the bottom of the tax code. Is that mm-hmm. weird that he's like this is this is that sort of this is an unknown that he's not willing to stand for, the unknown of if he properly uh, listed his charitable donations, he and his wife. Uh, well, says, you don't go into you don't go into tax day with the W two you want. That's not if you're Andrew Walsh. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Uh, as in past years, I have spent more money than I wanted to spend to hire an accounting firm to prepare our tax returns, and I believe they are well qualified. Really, like Don Rumsfeld is mad that he had to spend five hundred dollars to have somebody prepare his taxes. Is that really like? That's 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 what's grinding his gears. That's what's um rubbing his rhubarb. I don't know, somebody wrote something on Facebook a while ago that was another way to express being annoyed. By the way, a lot of shows don't have 8 minutes of the taxi theme looped. But that's why you pay extra for TBTL. Cuz we fundraisers uh, coming up. That's Thanks, right guys. it is. And your your donations go to things like looping the theme song of Taxi for 8 minutes. This note is to alert you folks that I know I do not know whether or not my tax... I don't know why he got a southern accent, but he does now. This note is to alert you folks. I think it's because alert you folks sounds so cash. This note is to alert you folks that I know I do not know whether or not my tax returns are accurate, which is a sad commentary on governance in our nation's capital. If you have questions, let me know, and I will ask our accountants to be in touch with you to try to provide any additional information you may think you need. I do hope that at some point in my lifetime, and I am now in my 80s, so there are not many years left, Lord willing, the U.S. government will simply will simplify the U.S. tax code so that those citizens who sincerely want to pay what they should are able to do it right and know that they have done it right. I should add that my wife of 59 years, also a college graduate, has signed our joint return, but she also knows that she does not have any idea whether or not our tax payments are accurate. Sincerely, Donald Rumsfeld. So here is the question. You just spent the first 11 minutes of this show, Andrew Walsh, complaining, uh, lamenting the fact that the tax code has you filing an extension that is as complicated as just filing your actual taxes. Are you then in agreement with Don Rumsfeld that this thing needs to be revised? What part of I'm writing a segment about matzah bride don't you understand, Luke? <laughs> I am totally kidding. No, I mean, I, I do... 
I do not share the philosophy that um that, I know that you're Donald a tax Rumsfeld and spend does. liberal. I know you are a tax exactly. and spend liberal. Exactly. Right. No, I have no problem with I'm not saying that the tax code can't be simplified. You know, I always think about how Dave Ross had an interesting commentary one time that says, you know, this this Byzantine system we have where we have to like kind of we have to do all the math and then tell the government what we owe so that the government can then say this is what you owe and then we have to pay the government. Like there are some people who believe and Dave Ross is a smart guy that basically everything could be much simpler and we could actually receive a bill in the mail from the federal government that just says, hey, this is what you owe. Now pay it. And some people believe that the reason that doesn't happen is because of lobbyists for, you know, places like H&R Block or whatever. That's a lot of there's a lot of money uh, to be had by helping people with their taxes. So, I, you know, stuff like that drives me crazy. I would believe that Donald Rumsfeld's uh, concerns, though, are based more on a just kind of anti-tax principle, not just the complicated manner with which we need to file them. Although I will agree with him on the fact that if you're filing an extension, it doesn't seem like you should have to have all of your paperwork there because sometimes some of us poor souls have to file extensions because we don't have our paperwork in order. Often while we're doing the very show that failed to send us the proper W-9. Did you, I danced around that before. I didn't mention that. I, was, I wasn't sure if... I'm still not entirely convinced that that was on you. But yeah, that's well, one of the pieces of paperwork I'm waiting for. I, I figured that the, the gal that I, that I have doing this stuff, uh, which is what I call Carrie. No, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that the tax professional that I had who did that last year would, again, uh, realize that that was going to be part of it. Um, but, uh, but apparently not. Um, I, the thing I would say to Don Rumsfeld and and other folks who complain about t- taxes. Wait, this is what you'd say to Rumsfeld. There's so <laughs> much to say to Rumsfeld. Oh Don't start with gracious. the tax stuff. Here's what I would say. Holy smokes! I don't know if I've seen that at all. Miller hit off his glove and it careened right to Robinson Cano for a four-side two, and they doubled up Andrews at first base. That will go six-four-three. Yeah. What do you mean, Rick? Six-four-three double play. Just <laughs> that play was right just. An, oh, I think things good. are turning around for the U.S. tax code and for your Seattle Mariners. The <laughs> shortstop for the. What Mariners are we down just, by two still? We are, oh, but um. Oh, by the way, yeah. Um, if you can do your taxes, if you can write your segments for press play, I can watch the Mariners and the uh-huh. listener and the listeners can suffer. Um, what I was going to say, what I was going to say to the Don Rumsfelds of the world is uh, it's the, it's the motto of this show, which is that shit be complicated. Yeah, it's not <laughs> ideal. What I mean is it's it's not ideal that 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 things are sometimes confusing and that the you know, the the forms are not always easy to fill out, even though they are called one of them is called the easy form. But the reason it's complicated is because you're trying to figure out an equitable way to get everybody in the country to pay for the stuff they use and also help out with the general welfare of this country based on what they can afford while not unduly taxing them on money that they're using for other things that are seen as uh, useful to society such as charitable donations or owning a home let's just table the conversation about if the mortgage deduction should exist because it probably shouldn't and now that i'm moving into home rentership i really don't think it should exist but but as a still current homeowner I pray to God they never get rid of it. Anyway, it's a complicated thing to try to achieve. I mean, think about just going to dinner with your friends and trying to figure out if when you split the bill up, 
an equitable way to have everybody pay that doesn't leave some people feeling burned. Let's say your friend who doesn't drink and now they're on the hook for the 11 Mai Tais that you ordered or whatever it was. Now, do that with uh, like what, a billion people? How, how big is it? 200 million people? How many people live in this country? I think almost it's like three. I thought some uh, almost three hundred. I thought three hundred million people. Like three hundred million people are trying to split up the check and figure out who had the Caesar salad. Oh, I'm a dummy. It's over three hundred now. It's three hundred uh, and thirteen million. Well, you know what I mean? It's like, of course, it's complicated. And so mm-hmm. it's not a great system, but it's like I was talking about this uh, with uh, with with somebody the other day. I was talking with my little sister, Hannah, and her husband. We were just on the subject for some reason of like the sort of social welfare programs in this country. And look, th- they are not they're not perfectly run. The government is highly inefficient. And it's also the thing we have to have, because if left to our own devices, uh, we would probably not take care of people <laughs> the way that we think we would. You know what I mean? Like when left to our own devices, we are not as charitable as we as as we claim to be. And if you gave everybody back their tax money, it's not all going to the Union Gospel Mission. Unfortunately, right. I wish it were. And I will I will count myself in that. If I have twenty bucks in my pocket. Uh, I'm not as inclined to give that to one of those people standing by the side of the freeway as I wish I was. I'd rather use that 20 bucks um, on myself or my family. We tend to sort of take care of our own. And so anyway, I, the IRS – look, the IRS is not the greatest thing. The tax code is, is, is not the greatest tax code. Uh, the social welfare system in this country is not the greatest. They're all not the greatest, but they're all basically better than the alternative in my opinion. Yes. I do think, though, that there's something to be said for, and I'm not even talking about the complicated tax code. I'm not even talking about like all the real complications with loopholes and business taxes and all that. I do think that there is a way for the average American, especially the lower earning you average like a, Americans, you who know, don't like have a, a Joe the Plumber type. You know, kind of like how you regard yourself. I do believe that there is a way that, were it in the best interests of more people they we could they could just simplify not the, even the tax code but just simply the the lowest level filing processes i do feel like it is well that's what the mummy does Byzantine. that's just not filing not filing that's true and so. apparently that's what i do now too so there you go <laughs> uh you know what you guys it's a could proud com- day for me you guys could compare notes <laughs> yeah I always said the the mummy and I. I think we've said this on the show before. At least he and I have talked about it. That he and I are pretty much the complete opposite people. Just down the line. Yeah, except now, when it comes uh, that, to the mummy returns. Except when it comes to apparently your tax profile. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, how about we? Uh... <laughs> oh God! Whatever it is, you're excited about it. I'm excited to hear. No, I'm mad at myself because. I knew that we were going to read some emails, and I knew that I was going to need to have the e- the uh, email sound effect ready to go. And I even put it in its own file, but then right when I got to introducing it, I couldn't remember where that file was. I go was. once again with the email every week. I hope that it's from a female. Oh, man. It's not from a female. Hey, you know, I would like to also say a, a warm hello and a welcome to some people who uh, maybe just started listening to the show because we're on the cover of iTunes this week, the iTunes podcasting section, and uh, for the show that we uh, played yesterday with uh, Adam Carolla, and we have, um, uh, we're just like racing up the charts right now. I think we were like in the top 
50 of the overall podcast, which is rare air for us these days. Um, and ironically, we'll probably bring us into the crosshairs of the patent trolls who have sued Adam Carolla, the very mm-hmm. topic we discussed with him yesterday. But anyway, uh, I want to say welcome to uh, new listeners. This is normally the part where I would say something incredibly self-deprecating about the show and how bad it is and how it's always that way. But I'm not going to – as a – as a, as a um, an old friend of mine used to say, your subconscious can't take a joke. And I'd say that to you too, Walsh. Your subconscious can't take a joke very well at all. Your subconscious is actually kind of annoying. Uh, My subconscious is a dick. It's a little bit. Like, let's yeah. just say it. Yeah, let's be honest. Oh, it. shit. Things are hard. Um, so anyway... <laughs> Uh, That's th- the first time you've ever used my own voice as a drop. While yeah, that is what does that even mean? That's not uh, not a, yeah, <laughs> probably not good for the for the space time continuum. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show, new listeners. Hi, it's uh, Tax Talk. Most, mostly, what we do is we give out <laughs> questionable tax advice. Uh, let's see from a listener Andrew uh, Luke. Have you been watching Naked and Afraid? There's a new show after it, too, that's kind of cool. I still don't understand why them being naked makes this survival show more watchable. Or is there something else about it? Uh, please, uh, more naked and afraid talk. Um, Can I field that one? Uh, please do. I haven't seen the show, but it's my understanding that um, people who are not wearing clothes and are attractive um, tend to draw more viewers. So that would be why it makes it more watchable. You, I think. Well, here's the thing. The people are not crazy fit. This is not Survivor. Um, I, I will say that the show, I think the show has fallen off a little bit in the second season. Naked and Afraid, which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, it's this reality show um, where two people, a man and a woman who do not know each other, they are dropped off in the middle of some very inhospitable place. They are naked, and then they have to go try to survive for 21 days. Um, I love this show so very much. But the people, Andrew, you'd be, you might be surprised. They're not picking like crazy hotties uh, usually. In fact, the people often have very average physiques. Um, which one of the things I find so fascinating is the way that people lose weight because I often think, well, I could always do like 21 days in Borneo with no clothes. That would really get the weight off because these people are like, I'll tell you, you go, you go into the, uh, you go into the, um, uh, situation one way and you come out, man, crazy, like super sculpted, forget paleo. This is like, you're so excited that you get to eat. Half of a snake. In fact, I just watched one where this the, the other thing that's been happening this season is the people never seem to get any food. That's a problem. I mean, like before they put them in places where there was at least some kind of thing that they could catch and eat. But um, but they, they keep ending up in places where literally they just don't eat for 21 days, which is it's more interesting when they're like spear fishing or like one time in, in last year they built like somebody built like a crazy trap. An underwater trap. They wove it out of like reeds and it caught a lobster. And then they actually got to like have a lobster feast on the beach. Um, if I were really, really hungry, I wouldn't want to eat lobster. What? It's so hard to eat. Like you're just like <laughs> you're uh, lobster is a good thing to eat when, you know, it's a, it's a delicacy and it's, it tastes great and it's fun. But like when you're really, really hungry, it's frustrating as shit trying to get all the meat out of those tiny little knuckles and stuff. Right. Yeah. But you would be you would be amazed at at what people will be 
psyched to eat on this show. Oh, which, yeah. I mean, you know, like they will they got no problem with the I mean, the challenge of, of eating a lobster like this one guy. They saw what was basically the largest rat. I think they were somewhere in like Indonesia or in that sort of chain of islands. And they saw this rat. That's the largest one of the it's a rat that grows to four pounds. It's some straight up princess bride shit rodents of unusual sizes. And the guy, I don't think they exist. The guy, <laughs> they were in the fire swamp, and the guy, by the way, one of the greatest comedy moments, I think, of, of well, of my childhood, was when he's telling her, you know, they've already survived the fire swamp, and, and as you just said, she says, what about the RUSs, rodents of unusual size? I don't, I don't think they exist. And then, whoom, tackled by a rodent. So this yeah, guy, on, on this show, this guy runs after one of these giant rodents. He runs after it like it's a goddamn cheeseburger with legs. Like, and now here's the thing. He was going to have to spear this thing with a stick and then take it and then skin it and then cook it over a fire and then eat its gristly rat corpse without any kind of flavor, without any like salt or pepper. And this, at this moment in this guy's life was... As like as if manna from heaven had come down. By the way, incidentally, he did not catch the world's largest rodent. Um, so anyway, I love this show because it's just fascinating to see how um, how hard it is to survive. And like you just you just want to take a moment. I've said this in, in, in shows past. You want to just take a moment and just pour some out for our homies Australopithecus and and other Neanderthals and just say, damn. Like, how did you guys do this shit? First of all, no shoes. That is like that right away just like ruins mm -hmm. everything. Um, mm -hmm. They're doing another thing this season, which I don't really like, which is um, they have given them cameras to videotape their own, um, you know, experience. But the thing that's frustrating or not frustrating, but that I think is a little bit of cheating is. They um the people then use the cameras as a way of lighting their way like this one they had to go through these caves and they're just using their cameras as flashlights so it's kind of like you're naked you're afraid but you do kind of have a flashlight which I thought that was kind of that was sort of cheating in my opinion having a flashlight that's the one thing or do, I thought you get to choose I guess I'm confused no 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 you get, get they do they no they in, a, in addition they get two things they get uh, and it's uh. all but it's always the same thing one person has like a machete or a knife and one person has a fire starter um and that's uh, and like they they're uh, apparently they're allowed to pick their own like tool but they um it's always the same two things that's really what you need you need something to chop down shit with and you need something to light shit on fire with um one yeah. time somebody had like a pot uh, like a little tin thing to cook water in, and then the other thing was like a knife, and then they couldn't start a fire. They were totally screwed, so I think the producers realized. The other thing that's happening now is, like, the producers are swooping in a lot. I don't know if somebody almost died last season, but, like, the producers are swooping in way more than they used to, uh, which kind of also makes it feel a little bit less... Um Intense, um, but I do give a huge vote for Naked and Afraid to everybody if you haven't watched it yet. Uh, a listener Gregory in uh, Pomona, California, says, "Luke, uh, George Bush probably does love Jimmy Buffett. I must, I must have said at some point that I thought George W. Bush was probably listening to Jimmy Buffett somewhere." Yeah, I think I remember you saying but that. But here's what Gregory says: I thought this was worth uh, mentioning to the listeners. I know I, I can admit when I'm when I've been hasty in my judgment, which is all the time. I can also admit when I've given out terrible tax advice, which is also all the time. 
Uh, Gregory says, uh, George Bush probably does listen to Jimmy Buffett, but Buffett is a well-documented liberal. He's played fundraisers for Obama twice and John Kerry before that. I'm pretty sure he visited the Obama White House. I don't mean to sharpshoot you. I'm going to go put a fresh umbrella in my margarita and go chill under the nearest palapa. Sincerely, listener Parrothead Greg. And then he writes, fins up. Which uh, is probably some kind of a, a Buffettism, and 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 it. What are you going to say? You're you're inhaling deeply, which either means you've blundered on your show prep uh, for press play. Or, I put my computer away, or you you want to respond to 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 Greg's email. What do you what do you want to say about this? Well, I want to respond to something you said because I remember when you mentioned Bush being a. Um Parrot head, and even at the time, I think I just kind of rolled with it, although it didn't totally make sense to me. I don't <laughs> think that George W. Bush is. I mean, and this is really, really obvious thing to say, and my logic is so on the nose, it's probably not true. I mean, Jeb Bush makes more sense, right? Florida, you no, know, no, no, like oh, that. Kind are you of, kidding me? It's about listen. It's a state of mind, buddy. Attitudes and latitudes. It's five o'clock somewhere. I mean, don't you think that George W. Bush is probably just more of a straight up like, like new country Western music? Like, no. I don't know if it's called hot country or cool country these days, or if the, the hot side stays hot and the cool side stays cool. But like, I picture him being like more of a George Strait kind of guy or something like that. Like, I would think that this idea of just like li- you know, like songs about just kind of living on a beach would be a little bit too hippy dippy for um, George W. Bush. No, because this is like uh, and. And by the way, a total respect to listener uh, Greg in Pomona. I, l- I love that you listen to the show, and I love that you enjoy the music of Jimmy Buffett. And also, by the way, there was a story in the New York Times Magazine about this guy who disappeared off of a fishing boat, and all the boats in the area went looking for him, including Jimmy Buffett's boat. Jimmy Buffett was on his way to uh, – oh, my God. I was just bringing up what I thought was a Jimmy Buffett song, but it was Alan Jackson. Ooh. Alan Jackson trying to do his best Jimmy Buffett impression. Um, anyway. Don't you uh, think that George W. Bush likes Alan Jackson? He Well, George W. Bush probably likes Kenny Chesney. And Kenny mm-hmm. Chesney is doing the country version of Jimmy Buffett. But what I was going to say is it's it's all about. What is not to love, Walsh? Oh, my God. I hate that so much. God, I hate Jimmy well, Buffett. Well, okay, but here's the thing. Two, two things. One, I could see George Bush liking this because there's, an, there's a, a guy of a certain age, and they're usually guys who I think have had stressful jobs. I mean, look, you're talking to a guy who's living in a small maritime village because I'm basically trying to Jimmy Buffettize my shit on a global scale, right? Even though I don't like... Even though I don't like Jimmy Buffett's music, the sentiment that, like, it's just all about transporting your brain out to, you know, Key West somewhere, that is a thing that actually weirdly appeals to me. Again, as evidenced by the fact that I live in a quiet town to try to now, like, have more of that be part of my life. And I can just see a guy like George George Bush just being, like, hearing a song like Cheeseburger in Paradise or Margaritaville and just thinking, like, yeah, man. I'd love to be wasting away in Margaritaville right now. But my larger question is, 
Like, I don't love this music, but why does it offend me? Because, like, the, the Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville bar in Las Vegas, which is on the Strip, when I walk past that, of all of the monstrosities in Vegas, sorry, this is the best part. Um, I didn't want to step on the uh, the best part of the song. It makes me so angry when I walk past the the Margaritaville, uh, whatever it's called, you know, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, because it has all these like rocking chairs out there on the porch, and it's just all like a certain guy in like Tommy Bahamas gear who's drinking a Coors Light. But why should it bother us so, Walsh? Why can't I just be like, okay, good, some some old dudes are and listener Greg are they're having fun, they're enjoying themselves, like. Why is it? Why is it so anger making in both of us? Well, I think f- for you, I think it's because you find the music kind of inaccessible, and you find yourself <laughs> frustrated by that. And it's an extension of kind of some of your insecurities, and it's in l- with a lot of things with you, it's linked, linked to your ego. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I think it's because. I kind of consider myself the kind of prototype Jimmy Buffett. Like, I think long before there was actually a Jimmy Buffett, you had guys like me who were putting themselves in this kind of peaceful mental place. People who were able to always just kind of say, hey, listen, the world's a stressful, hectic place, but I have the power to control how I feel in any given situation. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm just going to push out all that stress. I'm going to push out all that anxiety, and I'm going to go to my cheeseburger in paradise. And I think I feel a little bit like he's famous famous for kind of encapsulating my kind of laid back attitude and that bothers me. I got it. So for for totally different reasons, we both have arrived at our animus uh, for him, you know, sort of honestly. For you That's how I for feel. you it's because you're so chill that you basically invented being just like go with the flow, chill, you know, stepped on a pop top, pop topped my flip top, whatever the hell that song is. Yeah, right, and, which sounds painful. Yeah. And for me, it's like, it's just because, um, why was it again for me? Because you, you find the music too inaccessible. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you don't understand it. It's just because it's so, um, it's not literal enough for you. Right. Hey, um, uh, let me ask you this. I didn't know that Jimmy Buffett had like some sort of a like fan place there on the strip. I've never been to Vegas. I want to go now that I, I live this far south. Um, but let me ask you this would you i think i know the answer would you rather spend an evening there at jimmy what's jimmy buffett's place uh, Mar- margaritaville just, oh that's clever would you rather spend an entire evening at margaritaville or an entire evening at cabo wabo in cabo san lucas Man, which would be the that um, is, i would that's actually a good rather question, right? i would rather uh, hang out in margaritaville no way, really. I would Absolutely. not. I would rather hang no, out. Because, I've actually been to Cabo Wabo. I may have even had a shot there. No, because here's the thing. When you're talking about the Red Rocker, you're talking about a fan base that, other than our friend Camaro Kev, uh, we're talking about a fan base that I find more annoying than – like the, the Parrot Heads are just – they're like listener Greg. They're, they're just basically like your dad. Actually, Greg could be like 20. I don't know. But like I just think of Parrot Heads as being just kind of like dads who don't really know how to relax. So what they've done is they've kind of subcontracted that out. And they just are like – they just know that like if you listen to a Jimmy Buffett song and you drink a Coors Light or a margarita – um, with your wife of thirty years, that and you know you're just in a Tommy Bahama shirt. You're relaxing. That's a relaxed time in your life, and it's like it's not my scene, but I find it like not that. It doesn't bother me as much as the 
Cabo Wabo. First of all, anytime someone says Cabo Wabo, they do that stupid, um, like, rock. What, what would you call that? Like, it's actually like a, almost like a hook 'em horns thing that the fans of Texas would do. But oh yeah, I, you know what yeah, I, it's, right, it's yeah. like it's it's like a hang loose Hawaii. It's a hook 'em horns. It's a Cabo Wabo. It's like they do that thing with their hands, and they they're more into like it's like younger guys. Basically, Cabo Wabo is for like people who haven't who aren't old enough to be parrot heads. So what they are mm. is like Cabo Wabies. And what they're doing is like they're trying to scam on chicks and they're like bringing down – they're like the guys that are like 33 and they have like a chick with like fake boobs and th- that's that scene in my mind. I hate that more than – at least at least with the, the parrot heads, the, the fucking piss and vinegar has been, taking out, been taken out of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's the oh, that's why they're parrot heads. Yeah, they're just I mean, docile not just because they're older. They 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 started docile and they've only aged from there. So you make a good argument. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you the place. I got to say, both that, of the, pl- the, yeah, the place ahead. I want to be the least of the two is called Toby Keith's "I Love This Bar," which <laughs> is, is a, a real place. And ugh, the oh, travesty sh- of it all is it replaced me and the mummy. And Jessica's favorite place probably on the planet for a long time, which was called the Party Pit at Hera's. So Hera's used to have this place called the Party Pit, which um, was – the things that were great about the Party Pit uh, were that it was one of the only places in Vegas that was in the casino. But it was – they had the the walls of the casino, of that part of the casino were basically open. So you could see the strip and like not that you really want the fresh breeze of the Las Vegas Strip coming into where you're trying to do anything but you could see outside so it was just kind of nice that you weren't like as totally completely cooped up indoors you could have a sense for if it was day or night and so we liked that also they played great music they like just played basically like the cure and like kind of fun music from the 80s and 90s all the dealers had their shtick, but the shtick was actually kind of fun. There was one guy called um, Speed Racer. He would deal really fast. There was another guy who called himself uh, – his name was The Wiz because he was really good at chess, but he also called himself the King of Busting, and he would really try to – there was just uh, another guy named Bronco Billy who we wouldn't see Bronco Billy for like two years, and we'd come in, and he would recognize us, and he would say, what is really going on? That was his thing. There was a guy named Coach who had a whistle. So we would – our whole thing with the, with the party pit was even if we lost, we would just have fun. Everybody there was nice and fun. They were kind of rooting for us. One day, we go to go to the party pit, and we walk in, and not, not only is it not the party pit anymore, it has now been transformed into a Toby Keith-themed area called I Love This Bar. That's horrible. Like just from from first to worst – in terms of everything that we that we love and care about in the world. I mean, Toby Keith, I'll remind people, is the same one that has that song about putting a boot up the terrorist asses, I think. Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what, like, a, a similar scenario for me. It would be like if I showed up at Dear John's one time in Culver City, and it was turned into what? A, a, like a like a, 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 cheese, a cheese shop. <laughs> no, but a cheese shop that was based on paying women two-thirds as much as men. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody was bare and everybody wore open toed shoes. You know what I mean? Just like Yeah. Oh, well, well, well. Oh. This is his third home run of the year. Mike Zunino. 
with a four bagger, right. my friend. Oh, that was from yesterday's game. Still two zero. Oh, actually, God. Mubby, say. Yeah. Mubby. Oh, that's on me. That one's that one's right on me. Um, so anyway, that's uh, that's those are um, those are places I don't want to be ranked in order of, of one through three. One, I love this Toby Keith. I love this bar. Two, mm-hmm. Cabo Wabo, uh, Sammy Hagar, the Red Rocker, and then mm-hmm. three. And now, actually, a place I by being third on the list, by being the third worst place for me I to be, want to go, it's yeah. kind of moved up the list to being almost a place I would go, which is uh, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. And you, no joke, I really want a margarita right now. So yeah, that sounds great. I want you to go home. I want you to, or I guess you're going to have to go to your work thing. But I, I want can't. you to stop. I want you to stop worrying. I want about uh, about your taxes. I want you to let go and let God. I want you to remember that it's about attitudes and latitudes, and also realize that Pedro Almonte. So the Mariners have their fourth hit off of Robbie Ross. Just got a base hit. We're going to see what happens with that. I don't think his name is Pedro Almonte either. That was a little bit racist. Um, his name is something Almonte. Just know. Think of what his Just name know, is. Andrew, that things are going to things things are going to get better, as Dan Savage told us. Yeah. I think I, I the thing is I'm not in a bad place right now. It's like, oh no, things are bad. It's just like I'm literally uh don't have enough time to do all the things that need to get done. And jettison the taxes. Before I'm Listen, back it'll here. be a fun Yeah, so pot. I'm just forgetting about the taxes. And Forget the, it. I'm not doing my taxes tonight. Don't do your taxes. And the other thing that's great is um they let you do podcasts from federal prison. Cuz it's like you oh. would go to the country club. You would go to like the the way the easiest prison. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you know this. Well, I hate to say this because it's I'm w- kind of tough. Hmm. Like, I, I'm what a lot of people would call a tough, you know, or what my dad would call in the movies a heavy. Mm-hmm. Sure. Have you ever heard that before, yeah, by the way, my absolutely. dad? I have never heard anybody except for my dad, and now, by extension, me sometimes, because I'm turning into him. Um, like, uh, Gary Oldman. If if I if you bring up God, we gotta get my dad on this show. If you bring up uh, to my dad, you say something about Gary Oldman, he'll say, "Oh yeah, oh I, he's great, man. Oh man, he plays a good heavy." You know where they use um, you know where they use heavy in the Warriors? <laughs> they say they're a heavy outfit. Oh These yeah, I've never seen warriors. the Warriors. We know about the Warriors. They're a heavy outfit. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, but no, Gary Oldman plays a hell of a heavy. He really does, though, doesn't he? Now, he if Gary so Oldman good. had a bar, it would be terrifying. Um, yeah, but, <laughs> I was going to say, and he's always in the character of true romance. It would be called I've Crossed Oceans of Time to Be With You. <laughs> <laughs> it would be super scary. All right, listen, it's going to be okay, Walsh, okay? Um, just just jettison right. okay, the taxes, okay, okay. and uh, I look forward to— uh, Attitudes, latitudes, attitudes. That's right. Latitudes. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. All right, listen, um, thank you, everybody, for listening to this show. Uh, We've enjoyed spending the time with you, and we will be back here tomorrow with more imaginary radio for you. Until then, though, please remember, um, don't worry about the taxes, and also no mountain too tall. (laughs) Good luck to all.
Now, should I tell my story? Please. Please do. After I graduated from the UW, I went out to Washington, D.C. for a paid internship uh, and worked there for a TV station from Dallas um, in their D.C. bureau. Um, There was no job for me there because the next intern was coming. They offered to set me up as a junior TV producer in Dallas if I could move there. And at the time I had a girlfriend in Seattle. So I said, no, thanks. And also I thought I might be an on-air talent, you know, terrible, terrible idea. Well, with your, your rugged good looks and your willingness (laughs) to change your name to uh, stormy weathers or stone mountain or whatever. Yeah. Like three people from my graduating class at UW actually ended up working in media for a career. And that was like 30 some people. So it was ridiculous to me for me to even think that I was going to land one of those jobs. But I went back to Seattle um, 
uh, I didn't get any jobs in media, just freelance, you know, stuff, PA stuff, that kind of stuff. And my girlfriend left me and, uh, it's a depressing time and I needed to make a living. So I uh, took all the requisite tests and I got a job with the IRS. Uh, I was one of those people, um, at the front line when you call the IRS with questions and it was my job. If there were simple questions, cause they taught us some stuff. If they were simple, I could help people out. Um, if not, I would figure out where to send your call. So, uh, it was a terrible job, hated it, but uh, there was a softball team that worked in taxpayer service. That's the floor I was on. I think it was like the, the 13th floor, but they called it the 14th floor. You know how they do that stuff? Oh, right. yeah. So uh, most of the people that worked on that floor were um, Islanders, and there was a softball team that we played in the league with all the other you know federal offices, and it was mostly Samoans. And they're just these huge guys and they had these huge wives and they would bring all this food and it was so fun. It was a party every time we played. we go to tournaments and it was just a big spread every time. A lot of fun. Um, you would <laughs> – the name of this softball team is the the best name of any team I ever played on in any sport. And that is these Samoans were called the Texas Rangers. <laughs> that's a mic drop of a name when you work for the irs right yes there's your easter egg beat it also thanks to katie wilbur who archived episode 1333 the pizza delivery episode i think i forgot to mention that earlier so if you listened thank katie for us I hope Katie listened. <laughs>